0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Uh, I'm excited that we are kicking off this summer guest preacher series. uh, This summer, this August, for these next few weeks, we're going to be inviting uh, friends of Bothell to share with us, to inspire us, to challenge us, to encourage us uh, how we might more live into our purpose of becoming Christ in the community Uh, Today, we welcomed our district superintendent, uh, Reverend Mark Galang. He is the district superintendent of the Puget Sound District here in the Pacific Northwest Annual Conference. Um, And preaching from Luke chapter 10, uh, he took the story of of Jesus sending the 72 and what lessons we might draw from that. And I love how he challenges us to go with community. Uh, Check out the sermon. Uh, It's right here.
1: Friends, good morning. good morning. Good morning, church. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you, Pastor Kristen. Thank you for this opportunity, really, not just to be with you in worship, but uh, uh, to to preach. Uh, as superintendents, we, uh, we don't get a chance to preach every Sunday. We get a chance to preach every so often. And so um, when I started preaching, uh, preparing for the sermon this week, I was really surprised that uh, there's this Tune that uh, was in my in my mind that uh, that kept coming back. It's the you know the tune from the movie um, Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> tune tune. Yeah, it it, it it was just there, and I, I started to listen. And what what the, what could that mean? And um, as I um, read the scripture, as I read them carefully, I started to realize that. Uh, this passage really sounds like something that could come straight out of the script of Mission Impossible, right? Uh, Imagine, I mean, the the, the disciples uh, were sent out on a mission, right? They were sent out on a mission, yet there were no provisions. No bags, no purse, not even a decent pair of walking shoes. Um, They also know that danger abounds, because Jesus himself told them. He described this mission as such. He said, you will be like lambs that are being sent out in the midst of wolves. So he warned them, don't stop. Don't stop and, uh, and ask for direction from anyone. <laughs> don't talk to anyone on the road, because you are just like lambs that are being sent out in the midst of wolves. But the irony of that is that they were also supposed to knock on, uh, randomly knock on doors and, um, and leave with strangers if they are welcomed. But not only that, they were also to rely, they were also to rely on whatever these strangers will be able to provide them because they don't have anything that, that they're carrying. And then in every place that they would go, they still need to cure the sick. So they're not just there for vacation. They have work to do. They need to cure the sick. They need to proclaim this subversive message that the kingdom of God has come near. Again, my friends, I ask you, don't you think this mission seems a bit demanding? Right? I don't know about you, but I, I find it truly extreme. I would like you to hear again Jesus' commands, particularly the portion where he said, See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, carry no bag, carry no sandals, and greet no one on the road. My friends, I must confess that in my rereading of these words this past week, in my in my preparation for the sermon, I, I really felt a little discomfort. I honestly felt that this is a bit of a stretch of an ask, even, even coming from Jesus. <laughs> right? It made me really pause and think. And then I realized, then I realized that maybe that's exactly Jesus' point. The discipleship should really make us pause and think. The discipleship was not meant, was never meant to make us only comfortable. So if you are feeling or or not feeling any discomfort in your journey of faith, I encourage you to stop for a moment now and listen carefully to what Jesus is really asking of you. Personally, when I first saw the gospel lesson, uh, it made me ask myself, what, what do I really need to, to bring, to carry with me, to have with me, so that I could be a faithful follower of Jesus? What do I need in my ministry so that I could follow this important task that is before me, particularly as a pastor? I was wondering what does it what does it really take to make us that, you know, that big leap of faith and answer God's call and do it faithfully? I, I hear Jesus when, when Jesus says that uh, we have to travel lightly, right? I mean, the, the children's sermon was, was awesome, that we are all we need. I mean, no purse, no bag. That in this journey um, of faith, right? Right? Uh, we are being asked to travel lightly, but still I found myself asking, but there should be some essentials, right? I mean, when we talk about toothbrushes and, and toothpaste, I was asking myself, what are the essentials? There should be something. What are the essentials that I'm supposed to have in my back pocket or what am I supposed to carry so we could live in full service to Christ? it dawned to me that maybe, just maybe, I may be asking the wrong question. Maybe the question that I should be asking is not, what do we need to bring to be faithful disciples? But the question probably should be, who do we need to be with us to help us become faithful disciples in this journey? You know, a rather obvious but overlooked detail in this tale of discipleship is the number seventy, or, or the the the, the, uh, the version that was read seventy-two, right? In, in other in other passage, in other versions, it's seventy. Um, I believe that uh, seventy is a significant number in the Jewish in the Jewish uh, faith. There were 70 elders that were elected to come alongside Moses when he needed help in caring for the people. Um, The Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, it's made up of 70 people. So I'm sure there's something about 70. Uh, But I would like to think that Jesus didn't think much of the theological significance of the number when he picked out the 70 and sent them out. Rather, I would like to believe that He sent out 70 of His disciples, of His followers, and He sent sent them out in pairs because He understood the importance of of the forming of teams um, in in going out and doing this important work. I'm, I'm sure it's possible that they could have covered more grounds. I mean, he has limited time, right? He could have been more efficient if he just sent them separately and individually, and he could have covered more grounds, and they could have preached to more people, and they could have cured more people. But, but I think Jesus is seeing something in this idea of sending them out in pairs. That there's something important there. The disciples that were not sent out alone. But it's important for Jesus to send them two by two. And, and with 69 others, because they're one team, right? Remember, there's one, one big team that are being sent out two by two in different places. That each apostle, each disciple has a partner, but also has 69 other fellow disciples. Friends in faith. People that they could rely on people that they could depend on. In sending the the 70 in pairs, I think Jesus was saying that no one was going to do this important work alone. By sending the 70 out in pairs, Jesus made sure that they could be there for each other, that they could hold each other accountable. That they could remind each other that their mission was not to be cluttered by unnecessary baggage, by those excess baggages. Thus, they are ordered not to carry any purse or bags or something like that. Also, heading out together would mean that they could lift up each other and each other's spirits when when they feel down, when time gets tough. Or or just tell stories if the time gets boring, boring, right? While they're walking on on this long journey, that they could share stories with one another and make each other laugh. But above all, I believe that sending out in pairs, Jesus again reassured each and every disciple that you will not do this alone. This work, my friends, which the 70 were called into, and the work that we, as a church, the body of Christ, are called into is no solitary work. It's as if Jesus is telling us, and if there's one thing you would like, I would like you to take home today, is this, that Jesus is telling you and me, is telling all of us, that we are going to need each other. We're going to need each other, and we're not doing this work I think this is a piece of the gospel truth that certainly should speak to us today, because oftentimes um, we like to have—I mean, we like to do everything on our own, right? There's there's something uh, there's something about the idea of being a self-made man or self-made woman or you know a self-made person. Uh, particularly in our society. In this society, we, we champion the individual. But you have to realize how lonely that could be. How lonely is it to face challenges alone? So what a comfort it is to hear Jesus tell us that we are not alone, or that we should never be alone. Yes, life does sometimes feel like we are a ship in the midst of wolves. But we do not have to face the wolves by ourselves. That's what Jesus is telling us. Jesus has sent his disciples to places that he himself intends to go. So it's no different for us. That only does Jesus sends out someone to be our, by our side, whether, I mean, whether that, that'll be your spouse or, or your partner or, or a sibling or a best friend or a, I mean, a loyal dog or, or the community of faith, the community of faithful called the church. But Jesus promises also that he will follow behind us and will work those mysterious ways that we cannot fully understand that he will pick up the pieces if in case we need that that he will be there and he will never leave us alone yes we may not understand how how all god works in our lives yet he would like us to understand that we are not called to do this work alone that jesus does not call us into solitary ministry that we are in this thing together that we need each other for the work of bringing out the kingdom of God on earth assisted in heaven. Again, and I will say it again, it's no solitary work. It must be shared. This is not a clergy thing. Oftentimes when we think about church, hey, that's the pastor's work. This is not a clergy thing. And for pastors, I think we have to remember this is also not just a lay thing. But church work is an everybody thing. It's an everyone thing. That we are partners in this work. And we are partners with each other as we are partners with God. And I think this is what we proclaim whenever we receive this holy sacrament. This is more than just a piece of bread. This is more than just a cup of juice. I think this is a reminder that we who are many are but one body in Christ. It is an assurance and a reminder that we are not alone, that it is not just about me and my personal relationship with Jesus, whether or not I'm saved. Rather, it is all about us working together towards our salvation. That when we receive a piece of bread i think this is what it means church we are the body of christ and we believe in a church without walls where everyone has a role to play that we are the body of christ and we believe in a church that reminds us that we are not alone and we should never be alone that we are the body of christ and we believe in a church where everyone belongs that we are the body of Christ and we believe in a church that is composed of you and me and many others. We believe because that's what the church is all about. That's what, that what, church is, that's what the church is called to be. Jesus is calling us, as he called the 70, to join together, to proclaim together. I think the operative word is together. To join together to work together, to proclaim together the good news of God's kingdom, to walk and work with each other, to be a team, you, me, us, with God. We are in this together, brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ. We just need to remember what is actually necessary to carry out this mission that seems to be impossible. And what we just need is the love of God, the name of Jesus, and each other. Yes, together we can. You and me. Because my friends, this is how we become Christ in our communities. Amen.
0: All right. So that was our first sermon. Special thanks to Reverend Mark Galang, our district superintendent, for coming and bringing the word uh, this week. Um, you know, at Bato, uh, we challenged our community to check in on one another. You know, uh, Reverend Mark, he, he talks about how important it is that we push against the societal norms of doing things on our own and that we do it with one another and with the community with the team that we're surrounded with and so what better way to start Than to check in and to connect and so we hope you might do the same Uh, connect with somebody in your circles uh, in your faith group in your uh, community group and and, and encourage them inspire them uh, check in with them and and ask how things are going and and perhaps we can um, do this thing called life together Uh, have a wonderful wonderful week and we will talk to you next week